Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we're back in the studio. Something I love to do to do this podcast and talk to so many great guests that we have on our podcast. And our guest today is someone who's been on our podcast before, uh, who's run with us. So the name should be familiar if you've been following the podcast and listening to us. But we've got Dr. John Brummer from New York City on the podcast. John, how are you? I'm doing great, you know. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, we love having our, our guests on, and, and we love having guests on multiple times. And I know um, for those who had not heard our first episode, we're not going to rehash things, but we're going to recommend that they go back and listen to that first episode because we talked about a lot of great things. And one thing that we will mention, John, you're a podiatrist. Um, you're in New York City area. You've run for Project Purple, and we wanted to have you back on because running has just exploded. It's, it's crazy. There's not a race then there probably won't be a race in 2020, the rest of 2020. Potentially it looks that way, but we have not raced. There hasn't been a large race. I mean, I know Spartan did something a week ago or two weeks ago in Florida and they had like 7,000 people, I think it was, or 10,000 people. I think the number final numbers were, but you know, the days of, last year where on any given weekend you can have a 5k 10k half marathon and, and marathon in your state happening those uh those seem so far away but i know we're going to get back to that um, when it's safe to do eventually and that could be sooner than later we hope but we do know that running has exploded. There's so many people running, um, you know, and, and people that were runners before are probably running more mileage than they've ever run before in their lives. So we wanted to have you back on the podcast because we got a lot of really good comments about the information we shared the first time. And if you haven't listened, like I said, I recommend that you go back and listen to that. But we do want to talk about, you know, with this explosion, clearly there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have some issues here. And this is where Dr. John and, and what he does comes into play to help runners and help athletes to stay healthy and, and to continue to do the things they do. With that being said, John, I, I know we do want to talk a little bit about your background here briefly. So if this is the first time that they are hearing your name, we just want to make sure that people are aware of what your expertise is. Sure. So my, my, my name is Dr. John Brummer, I'm a practicing podiatrist and podiatric surgeon here in New York City. I've got multiple offices. I have an office in the financial district down on 30 Broad Street, um, on 5th Avenue and 19th Street in the Flatiron, uh, and 54th and 8th um, on Midtown West. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also a runner, and, uh, you know, I have, uh, I've, been, uh, I've, been, I've been treating uh, athletes for my whole career. Uh, I see a lot of dancers as well. I practice dance medicine, a little niche uh, in my practice, I see a lot of, um, people that are on point, um, you know, people that do a lot of, um, tap jazz, uh, as well as hip hop dancers. Uh, and, um, you know, but athletes, uh, like you said, you know, uh, everybody needs to be their own athlete. Gyms are closed. Uh, you, you gotta start to get out there and, and hit the pavement and, and run and, and, and take care of yourself and stay healthy so that you're, you're, you're have a less likelihood of being affected, uh, during these crazy times. Absolutely. And, and I think something though, 
you know, I, this is kind of a loaded first question. I mean, what do you think people should do if they are, I mean, the weather's been really good. I mean, we, you know, and, and I think we, we had a really good spring here in the Northeast. Um, we didn't have a lot of cold, cold weather. We didn't have a lot of snow. So I think a lot of people were running even then, but you know, I guess sometimes 10 people tend to wait to the summertime, right? Because they got to put on their bathing suits or something. And maybe that just clicks, uh, where they could have ran in like March and April and May, but you know, maybe June, they started to run. What are some of the things that people should do, you know, if they're, they're going out on those runs and, and they're starting to get into running right now, John. Right. I mean, well, first of, first of all, don't throw on those old sneakers that you've had in the closet that you've been wearing for last year. You know, you need, you need a good supportive sneaker and you need to have like a sneaker that's just for running. You know, um, it's okay. You know, just like we have dress shoes and we have shoes that, you know, that we wear on the boat. We have shoes that we do, um, dancing in, we have, you, you have running shoes and you should have running shoes that are specifically, um, you know, for you, for, for your runs. So, you know, just, um, throwing on a pair of, uh, of old sneakers that you've been running around in or basketball sneakers that you play with, you know, you, you, you have to have a specific sneaker. Um, and, 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 you know, full disclosure, not, uh, I'm not, um, I'm not sponsored by any sneaker company at all, but um, I think we mentioned in the last podcast, my top four brands for sneakers for running are, um, I love New Balance, Saucony, Brooks, and Asics, probably in that order, um, are my, my, my favorite to, you know, um, top four. So those, um, those really create a good um, supportive sneaker. Uh, a lot of them come in different widths, so if you have a wider shoe or a wider foot, um, you can get it in a different width. And, um, you know, they're cushioned and they also have, uh, a lot of, a lot of special, um, features that help with pronation and, um, how you contact the ground and, you know, ground reactive forces when you're hitting the ground and you're pounding that pavement, you know, if it's trail running or whether it's street running or you're on cement or wherever, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta have the right sneaker, the right gear for it. I think the analogy that just popped in my head is like your, your snow tires, right? And for those that live in, uh, you know, climates where you experience the, the harsh winters of having snow, a lot of people switch out their tires and put on these snow tires specifically designed, you know, for driving in the snow. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, having, you know, shoes, you know, for different activities, but I mean, you know, it's the same thing here. I, I think that's like the one thing and it's crazy to me. You know, I mean, running has exploded, but I've seen a lot of runners out there with with kind of poor supportive footwear um, out there running, and and not to sound like a jerk or to be, uh, you know, mean here, but you know, I, I I think your point is so spot on, and and you know, people really, you know, we're not talking about investing a thousand dollars, you know, as you know, a, a pair no. of four tires. I mean, right. a good pair of sneakers can cost you. I mean, especially nowadays with the, the internet and Amazon, I mean, you can find some great deals. I mean, I bought some of my sneakers for like 50 bucks, you know, cause they yeah, were on you can sale. Get good sneakers for under a hundred bucks. Yeah. You, good, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, and, and, and when we're talking about the top primo running sneakers, you know, you're looking at 150 to $175. Now the, the other thing that I think that people are, are, are unaware of is that, you know, sneakers have a life. Like I have beautiful running sneakers, you know, after 300 to 500 miles, those sneakers are not fit for your, for your, for your feet anymore. As far as if you're going to be a serious runner, um, or, or, or even a casual runner, 
they're the you know things wear and tear just like tires um and uh you know when you hit that three to 500 mile mark you know some people that's when some people start to develop symptoms and start to get injuries is because they're losing the support in the sneaker sometimes and and the thing that's funny is that like i've had sneakers that i've ran in for three to 500 miles and they still look new and you know you're like, how the heck do I throw these out? Well, you, you, you don't even have to throw them out. You know, you can use them for, you know, your, your, your walking sneakers or, or going to the store and stuff like that. They're just not your running sneakers that you put on for your daily runs and for your training. John, do you think it's advisable? And and I've seen this and you just mentioned it, you know, like people wear those running sneakers, you know, out and about once they've reached their mileage. Do you think it's advisable to wear the sneakers prior to, to breaking them in or to just throw them on and then go out for some runs? Well, I mean, I think that, you you, you know, a good seasoned runner will want to break in their sneakers slowly. Um, you know, you, you I, I don't say you, you, I mean, I don't know anybody that puts on a brand new pair of sneakers and runs a marathon, you know, Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe some of these pros, you know, um, but probably not even them because they want something that's broken in and that they, that they feel comfortable in. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the topic of orthotics also, you know, which, which, which help increase support and, and and foot function. But you, you put on your sneakers, you put on your new sneakers and you go for your, for your, for your, for your small two or three mile run, you know, and, and, and you check it out. And then you, you do, you do a few of those. And then, it, and then the weekend comes by and then you're like, Hey, let me hit my six mile run with, 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 with my new pair, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I just, uh, not I share my own personal experience and, and I was going to come down and see you, um, being in Connecticut to get down to New York because I was having some really aggravating knee issues. And I know from our previous podcast, we talked about the whole thing about prevention and recovery and stuff. And, uh, I decided, uh, I, I swapped out my sneakers and it's amazing what that did. And so I went out and bought two new pairs of sneakers. And when I looked back, I was like, wow, I was really due like March for new sneakers. I didn't get new sneakers until like the end of May. Um, and now with rotating the two pairs, I think both pair now have about 40 miles on each of them. And I actually start to feel like they're kind of broken in at this point. But I I have to say, like I had tremendous, I mean, I would come back from like a three mile run and my knees would ache and like, I would be icing my knees, you know, after uh, my runs just because of, of the pain and the discomfort that I was in. And I switched out my sneakers and I've got to tell you, you know, in the last, four weeks that I've had these new sneakers, I probably have iced my knees maybe three times, you know, just Mm -hmm. after some long runs, which is kind of just, I I try to do that just to kind of help with my recovery. But, you know, the sneakers make such a world of difference, Uh, a good pair of sneakers, you know, which is crazy, you know, talking about the foundation. Let's talk a little bit about orthotics because you brought that up and I had that one, I had that on here as a note here because, you know, it's fascinating, you know, during the, the COVID pandemic, you know, I think the last time we spoke, um, you know, was right right at the the beginning of it. Um, I watched that Michael Jordan um, documentary docu series, yeah. yeah, and it was fascinating even back then. You know, and, and you got a, a lot of the behind the scenes looks, and 
those guys had orthotics in their sneakers back then. And, you know, like, you know, every, Jordan would yeah, get a new... every, every professional athlete. Yeah. Every, every professional athlete out there, I think, has orthotics. So what should people do then, John? What's the process? Let's talk about that. Because, okay, so, so and what is an orthotic? Here's, here's, Let's talk about what it is and then what the process right. is. So an, an orthotic is, is, uh, is, well, there's custom and then, and then there's, you know, the ones that we do here at Bummer Surgical Podiatry are custom orthotics, right? Mm-hmm. There are prefabricated orthotics that you can get off the shelf, which do help and offer support, no, no doubt. But, you know, if you're, if you're serious about your running and if you're a serious athlete or even if you're a person that just experiences, you know, semi-regular foot pain, um, you know, orthotics are really helpful. Um, I think that uh, I, I told you the kinetic chain of, 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 of um, pain and pressure starts on the bottom, under the foot, and goes up, right? Mm-hmm. So orthotics are something that um, change your foot position, hold your foot in a better position, and can help you with foot, ankle, knee, hip, back, and even jaw pain, all right? Because it's, re- it's a realignment. And biomechanically, you know, we're all very different. Um, the way that we strike the ground, the way that we swing our joints, the limitation of our joints, the length of our tendons, the flexibility uh, of our ligaments, you know. So these are all things that have to be taken into account when you're making a, an orthotic device, um, especially a person's foot type. If you have a flat foot, if you have any, like most people that come in to see me, they're like, hey, listen, my feet are really tired and achy at the end of the day. That's because you, uh, if you have a flat foot, that's because, you know, you're, 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 you're overusing your feet and you're not supporting them appropriately. And there's strain, there's strains on the fascia, on the ligaments and on the tendons. And that's why you get those heavy feeling, you know, painful feet, arch pain, heel pain, you know, first step in the morning, that plantar fasciitis, you know, these are all things that are really easily remedied with, um, adequate therapies, uh, including orthotic devices. And they can be made, orthotic devices can be made of multiple different um, thermoplastics, polypropylene, carbon graphite, there's, um, you know, even EVAs. There are all these different types of materials that we use in orthotics to, you know, modify the kind of support that a person needs. There are people that have great, great arches, nice high arches, but they also are straining, you know, their rigid feet and they're, and they're straining tendons and, and, and their plantar fascia and they need support as well. Fascinating. So do you, in your professional opinion, do you think everyone should have some sort of orthotic? You know, in, in, in a business aspect, of course, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, I'm joking. I, listen, not <laughs> every business, person. No. No. Not, yeah, not every person needs orthotics. Okay, there, there there are many people that do very well that have good structured feet that have good strength that are stretched out appropriately that don't overuse their um, you know their bodies. You know, in times like these, you know, we're, we're generating more weekend warriors than we can you know than we can yeah. keep count of. Yeah. You know, the, the, there are people that have, that have never hit the pavement and, and, and gone for runs and now they're doing it. There are people, you know, that, that, that just go on and they put on a pair of kids and they're running and they're running in kids. You know, they're asking for injuries. You know, this is running is a serious sport, you know, and, um, you know, yeah, it, just like any other sport, any 
any sport you go after, you got to have padding, you got to have the right gear, and you have to be prepared. You know, you have to you have to make sure you're hydrated appropriately. You have to make sure you're stretched out appropriately. You know, otherwise you can you can result in serious injury. Yeah, and, and I think that's important. You know what you just said because I think you know as therapeutic and as great as it is the exercise of running and as great as it is to see so many people running, you know, I think people just need to maybe, and again, I don't mean to sound like a, an arrogant person here, just take a step back because I think there's just some thought and this is just like anything else that we do in life, right? Like stop thinking, you know, think about your actions and then go do it, you know, once you've thought about it, but you know, with running, like people can get really hurt really quick. Um, and that's something that we've noticed, you know, with training, with people just ramping up miles going from like, you know, couch to potato, then jumping into a marathon and not ever running, you know, past double digits and then jumping out in that first run and trying to get like 14 miles when you've never gone past like, you know, nine, you know, which just puts the body under so much stress. And if you're not physically ready for that, you could really do some really bad damage. On the ortho- yeah, I, I, I'll tell you in the, in the last week, I've seen probably four stress fractures, Ugh. you know, just, just, just on patients that are, you know, um, one guy was just shooting around basketball, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when you go from periods of inactivity to activity and, you know, you're like young and you're healthy and you're not, you're in shape and stuff, you can still create, you know, do damage and injure yourself. Absolutely. What is the price? Like, I want to talk about pricing because I know, you know, you can go and I, I guess, would we call like the Dr. Scholl's the over-the-counter orthotic or no, not necessarily? Yeah, there are Dr. Scholl's. I mean, there, there, there are Dr. Scholl's. I'm not a huge advocate of those. Yeah. Um, I like the, there's other brands, Power Steps, which I like. There's Ready Orthotics. There's all these other, other um, you know, even even there's a, there's a couple of good off-the-shelf Spencos that, you know, but it depends on your foot type. Like you can, you know, you can have foot pain and then you go and get an, an insert and you buy the wrong insert. You know, you yeah. get like one of those jelly things. The jelly things don't do much. They're cushions, yeah. you know, that's about it. Um, sometimes with an Achilles tendonitis, you know, those jelly things can be helpful because they can lift up your heel and decrease some of the pull on that Achilles and really, you know, alleviate some of the pain and problems you're having. But, you know, the, the most important thing is that if you're getting pain and if you're having pain, you, you, you go and see a professional. Just like, uh, you know, like all these people that go to the gym, you know, if you don't know how to use a machine, you could get hurt. That's why there are personal trainers that teach you how to do that and, and teach you how to use things. It's the same thing with a doctor, you know, uh, with, with, a, with podiatry. You know, we have to teach you sometimes, hey, this is the right device for you. This is the right, this is the kind of foot type that you have. You should be looking at a sneaker in, 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 in this type of supportive fashion, you know? Well, I was going to say here from listening to what you were saying, I think the best bit of advice is that you really need to understand your foot type and really work with a professional, i.e. a podiatrist, a doctor who understands that so that you're able to make the proper choices. Because I'll tell you, man, like that's like almost like the same thing as daunting as it can be to go get like sneakers, you know? And, and people ask all the time, like, you know, we get these first time marathoners, what's the best marathon shoe? And I'm like, I don't know. That's a great question. That's all relative because it's going to be determined on a lot of factors that I don't really know, <laughs> you know, right. like, for me, uh, you okay. know, 
XYZ has worked really well for me. I, I love running in hokas and my body seems to adapt to them really well. I probably need orthotics. So I'll probably be setting up a, a meeting to meet with you, John, sooner than later. But, you know, it's you hard. Know it. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it is. It, it, starts with, it starts with getting the right shoe gear. It starts with being in the right mindset. It starts with taking it seriously. You know, a lot of people think you could just go outside and run. I mean, you can. Um, but you have to, you have to, you have to stretch, you know, uh, that, I feel like that's one of the things we, we talked about last time. Yeah. I mean, if you're not stretched out, you're going to injure yourself. I mean, if, if I think of, I tell people that picture a rubber band that goes from the back of your neck all the way down your backside, right. Um, on, on, on behind your legs, right. Uh, down to your heel and then under your foot, that ligament if we look at that course, okay, that is that is the area of injury for almost every athlete, okay? You talk about people that have neck, back pain, right? They get hip pain. They get, they get um, hamstrings, right? Mm-hmm. Then they get Achilles or calf tears. Then, then you look on the bottom of the foot and that's the plantar fascial tear. All these are overuse syndromes and they're not being stretched out properly. The only other way that these things generally tear, anything in the front of the body generally tears, is from trauma. You get a quad tear that's generally like, you know, like a tackle or somebody hits you and stuff like that. You get a tip tip fracture that's generally from trauma, you know? There's not a lot of stuff, you know, we're very poorly um, stretched out. And all those flexor surfaces in the back, you know, those, 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 if you don't stretch properly, those are, those are very, you know, high likelihood injury areas. So should the stretching, and let's talk about that for a second here, should that be done prior to running or immediately following? Well, I think that, I think it's important to stretch every day. Um, you should stretch before and after running. Uh, I'm guilty sometimes of not as well but you know you if you if you're i'll tell you i'll tell you what happens if you're stretched out properly you recover from your runs and from extraneous activities mm-hmm. so much quicker and so much better that it's uh it, it, it's it's day and night when you're when it, you, you'll see that when you push your limits and you're not stretched out or hydrated properly you'll feel it you definitely feel it. And when you're in that zone where you're stretched well, you're hydrated well, and you've, you know, you've, you've, you've gone up in mileage the right way, you'll be like, oh, holy cow, that was a, that was a, a 16 mile run. I feel great. Let's, you know, let's go, let's go out. Let's do another one. You know, it's, 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 it's really interesting. It's fascinating. And I, and I couldn't agree with you more on that. I feel, you know, when I roll out of bed, and I like to run in the morning just because of my schedule early in the morning. And I, if I can get 20 minutes in prior to just really stretching my back, stretching my hamstrings, um, loosening up my, my feet with a lacrosse ball that I like kind of going over and just kind of loosening all the, the bottom of my foot, my runs recovery wise are night and day. Versus just getting out of bed, putting on your sneakers and, and then going out for, you know, a three mile or a five mile run. It's fascinating what that can do to you. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, so most athletes, you know, you, you, you do a stretch, you do um, a warm up, you do your activity, you do a cool down and then you stretch again. I mean, that's like if we're talking like pros, 
that's like kind of like the way that they do things, you yeah. know, um, in, in, in training. And that's, you know, I, I was the team doctor for a couple of semi-pro basketball teams for a rugby team, you know, in the past. And, and that's how, that's how you got to treat your athletes. You know, these are, these are, these are fine tuned, you know, individuals that, that need the proper, you know, regiment in order to maintain that high level of functionality in their sport. Yeah, we could learn a lot from how the pros do it, right? I mean, it's not, um, I mean, no, dis- no disrespect, John, it's not rocket science, any of this. I mean, there is a science it's no, behind it's, it's it. Not. But you know, you know why, you know, you know why people come back from an ACL or an Achilles tear and they're still able to play their sport because they're fine tuned athletes. Yeah. Not only, not only are they stretched out and, and, you know, uh, before their injury. I mean, these guys, they get injured. They're in physical therapy prior to surgery and directly right after surgery. They are in, they're optimized for surgery. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's, that's something that, that people, if people think about it, they say, hey, listen, let me optimize myself before I get injured. Because if I do get injured, then at least I can recover quicker. It's not uh, rocket science, as I said, man. <laughs> you know that you just gotta follow yeah. the steps, man. And that you know that that's that's another conversation, another day. You know, people who yeah. don't follow these and, things, you know, yeah, and, pay and, the consequences. And you, you know, I I just came off of uh, a thirty day challenge where Correct. I ran and did videos every day for for uh, as a peaceful protest for you know for everything that's going on and to inspire and and, and be positive for people. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it's hard to run every day for 30 days, man, you know, and to work out every day for 30 days, but I did it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I did it. I didn't get injured. Thank goodness. And, um, it was, it was great. You know, I got a lot of feedback from, from a lot of people on Instagram. Uh, the handle is Dr. J Brummer, by the way. If uh, anybody wants to do Dr. J, the letter J, B-R-U-M-M-E-R. Um, if anyone wants to follow, you can get it from Project Purple too. But um, it's been, uh, it was, it was, it was great. It was a great challenge. And I, and, and I challenge anybody to try and do it, you know? So do you know, I don't want to talk about that. So you set out to run 30 days in a row. You live in New York City. How was that? Uh, I mean, I, I remember seeing a lot of the videos. You had your mask on some days, running through Central Park. You were running up the east side. Yeah, I, well, I always, I either had a mask or a face cover. Yeah. Um, it was either on or around my neck. Correct. You know, uh, depends on how early I was and where I was. Because, you know, first of all, running in the park on the weekends, there's a million people there. It's like yeah. being crowded, you yeah. know? So you, you got to wear your mask. I run along the, 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 the East River uh, a lot, you know, because it, it's near my home and it's, it's, and if I get out early enough, then, then there's not a lot of people. Um, and sometimes I get out later in the afternoon where there's not a lot of people too, which is great. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's hard to run with a mask, man. You know, I, I, I was doing it months and months ago, you know, the first, the first time I did it, I did a video somebody wrote to me and they said, where's your mask? Right. <laughs> and this is before, this is, this is probably in February, right? Like before that there was anything before the lockdown or anything. And the next day I put on one of my masks and then I, then somebody was saying, Hey, um, 
essential workers need those masks. <laughs> and I was like, I was, uh, and they're like, yeah, hey, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, you know, it, it's, but, but, you know, I, I used it, I used that mask and I was like, it's like altitude training, you know? Yeah. Cause it does, it does, it does, you know, it does inhibit some of your, 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 your respirations, but, uh, you know, there is nothing that says that you can't, that you can, um, that you can't, I don't think that there was any indication or any CDC guideline that says that you should run with the mask on. I'm Correct. not sure. Correct. Yeah. Right. I haven't seen anything. I mean, I, and I've run, you know, with the mask, um, you know, during this time frame, when I'm around friends, if we're running as a group or, you know, not together, but from a social distance standpoint. And, um, also when I'm on my, my solo runs, I'll just have a, a face covering on just to be courteous. Uh, you know, if someone's walking or someone's running by me or something along those lines, um, yeah. it, it is a, it is a bit of a challenge. And I think that's the one thing, depending on the mass that you have, you know, it could be very, uh, a thick face covering. Some of them are thicker than others. Clearly, um, you know, yeah, that absolutely. could be like, a challenge. Yeah. To, to, you know, if you're sucking. The, like, listen, the, the N95 masks, which yeah. really like suction around your nose, those yeah. are tough, man. Yeah, those, those are, are the ones hard. that I was running in in the yeah, beginning. I remember, that. I remember that. Yeah. And you were riding your bike a lot yeah. too. I remember that. Yeah. I, remember. I was doing the bike. I was doing everything. I, listen, it, the, the one thing that, that I hope to do is, is, is inspire people to, to, to try to be healthy. You know, listen, I'm no angel. Okay. But I, at least I work out and I, and I try to stay fit and healthy because this virus doesn't like unhealthy people, you know? And if, 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 if you can get healthy and, you know, you know, slim down some, of, get rid of some of those extra pounds, you know, that you've been sitting around in quarantine, you know, then, then, then that's great. And that, and that's really, that was really what I, why I challenged myself to do it is because, you know, I want, I want, I want people, you know, I, I have patients that come in, they, they, they know, they know 10 people that have died. You know, this is a real, a real serious disease and, and, and it's killing hundreds of thousands of people. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's and if you're, scary. If you're healthy, if you're healthy, there's a lot less likelihood of getting, of getting, of, of dying from the disease. It doesn't mean you won't get sick, but of dying from the disease, you know? Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the data, I was just reading something this morning. I mean, the data is really fascinating when you start to really break down the, the data a bit. I mean, I think the media has done a poor job. I have to say, in my opinion of just, uh, I think leading people down a kind of a dangerous path, um, with sensational headlines, a lot, a lot of fear mongering, a Correct. lot of, you know, Correct. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 um, and beating this thing and not getting really, really sick, as you said, goes up tremendously, right? So, you know, people with yeah. these comorbidities and some people, unfortunately, you know, like cancer, for example, is a comorbidity that no one really asked for. You know, you could do everything right and then you could get cancer. Um, but, you know, the 
people do have a choice, you know, in, in their lifestyle, whether they, you know, if you're smoking cigarettes or if you're drinking a lot and if you're eating crappy foods and you're just not in good shape, the odds are stacked against you if you get something like COVID that you could wind up in, in a very, very bad situation versus someone who's, you know, eating right, sleeping right, taking care of themselves, exercising, you know, and I, I think that's something that, you know, unfortunately, you know, that the, whatever the agenda is, that just has not been talked about enough that, you know, this is hopefully a wake up call for a lot of people to, you know, make better choices with their health because we all have the same opportunities, you know, to eat right, to exercise, to get good sleep, um, to do things, to reduce our stress, you know, so it's, it's just really fascinating. I got one last yeah, question for you here, John. Yeah, sure. I know you mentioned the, um, injuries that you just saw this past week, the stress fractures. Right. What do you think is, this is kind of a loaded question. And we may have asked this one on the last podcast, but I, I find that like, you know, the, like I was talking to a runner yesterday on our New York marathon team. And she was like, you know, I've got this damn plantar fasciitis. And I was like, too bad she's in Iowa. I was like, we've got a guy, we've done a podcast, you know, uh, we've talked about this, but you know, in terms of injuries, like what's the most common or top injuries that you see with new runners? I know I've heard a lot about shin splints. I've heard the plantar fasciitis. I mean, you mentioned stress fractures. I don't know if I've heard stress fractures as much as the other two, but just wanted to spend some time a little bit on those two or any others that you can think of. So the first, the first injury that we see the most of in new runners is blisters, right? So right. blisters, you know, blisters, blisters are coming. Blisters are... It, People that just go out and start running in new shoes or not wearing the right socks and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you got to have, the right, like, like we said earlier, you have to have the right equipment. So you see a lot of blisters, right, for, for new runners. You see a lot of black toes, um, you know, um, hematomas, subungual hematomas, because people are either, they're running or they're crunching their toes and their toes are hitting the, the front. So you can get those, those, those toenails that turn, um, that, that bleed underneath them. And those, those can be painful and those can cause infections too. Um, but if you're asking me, the most common thing is, is by far plantar fasciitis. You know, you, you, we get that heel pain, um, you know, it's called the heel spur syndrome, uh, arch pain. I mean, the, and these are, these are, you know, these are, these are conditions that are very easily treated. Uh, mo most of the things that we see with runners are, are, are non-operative. You know, they're either immobilizing or it's supporting them or giving a little bit of anti-inflammatories. I mean, physical therapy is essential in recuperating from a lot of these injuries. And um, I think that if you go to a doctor, he's like, oh, just stretch. You know, that that's, you know, stretching helps. Don't get me wrong. But like we said, go to a professional Get a physical therapist that's going to stretch you out, that's going to help you and teach you or give you a good home exercise program. you got to go to that guy twice or three times a week while you're recuperating from your plantar fascial strain. You know, fascial, uh, fasciitis can also, you know, get worse. It can turn into a plantar fascial tear. I mean, sometimes you, there are certain injuries that, you know, you can't run on. You know, there are certain ones that you can. So if someone is experiencing... What is plantar fasciitis, first of all? So the plantar fascia is a, it's a connective tissue that goes from the bottom of the heel all the way up to the metatarsal heads, right? Yeah. And it is, um, it, it, it is, it's part of your arch. 
um, and it is very commonly injured uh, because of overuse and stress and strain. Um, and it, you can be, you can just be, you know, uh, a typical, uh, a regular person and you're, you know, after work, you, 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 you know, you have, you have, you don't have your best pair of shoes on. Right. And after work you go out and you meet some people for, for a dinner and you have dinner. And then afterwards you go out for a drink and then there's a, a, a game on, or there's a dance competition or the Grammys or whatever. And you go out and you, and you just in these shoes, you know, these poor shoes for a prolonged period of time, that's all it takes is one inflammatory phase for plantar fasciitis to start. And then that vicious cycle begins, you know, and then every day that you get up and do your normal routine, you exacerbate that injury. So, you know, it's cool. If you, you wait a couple of days, you say, Hey, I'm not feeling better. That's the time for you to go in and see a professional medical professional, podiatrist. Good stuff. Good stuff. John, Last thing, I know you mentioned it already. If someone wants to learn more, someone in the New York City area, Connecticut, New Jersey, Northern New Jersey, Southwestern Connecticut, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Oh, absolutely. So my my office phone number is 212-877-1969. Nicole is my office manager and she's the best and she will be happy to arrange um, an appointment. Um, also we, you can email us. Um, you just go to www.brummersurgicalpodiatry.com. Um, and Brummer is spelled B like boy, R like Robert, U like umbrella, M like Mary, another M like Mary, D like Elliot, R like Robert. Brummersurgicalpodiatry.com. And also follow you on Instagram at Dr. Yeah, J as in John. Dr. J Brummer. Brummer. Yeah which is a great place and see some inspirational. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, we, we, the thing you forgot to mention is, was we did the, the virtual 19, the right? Corona busters, virtual, the 19 K. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, which I, which I did with project purple again. Yeah. And I believe, I believe I, I was the fourth number four for, for raising money for that virtual race, great which stuff. was great. I did it all. I did it all in one day, by the way, that was my goal. It's awesome. I think it's just shy of a half marathon. Yeah, 19 K is a, it was about, uh, you're talking about like 12 miles. Yeah. So a little bit shy of 12 miles because a a 20 K is a 12.6 if my math is right. So So, it it was, it was great. And and you know what? I challenge our our listeners, you know, to, to, to continue with project purple and keep raising money and, and, and helping, you know, Helping people. That's, this is, that's what we're here to do, man. Is everyone should help each other, especially in times like this. I couldn't agree with you more. We just launched our Dino's Double Mile for Detection, which uh, just launched yesterday. So it's only two miles, but uh, it's a great way to get involved. And, you know, we're, we're launching some other virtual things as the year progresses here, as we try to do our best to social distance and keep our community safe um, and, you know, try to wait to gather as a group um, when it's safely responsible to do that, hopefully in the near future. John, I hope so, my friend. It's got to come back. I, I have faith it will. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And, and like I said, hopefully it happens sooner than later. Dr. Brummer, it's been great to have you again on the podcast. Uh, You're always a great guest to have. We appreciate all the support that you give Project Purple and uh, some great tips here about taking care of yourself and also spreading a lot of 
positive messaging in this time where the world needs a lot more people like you, Dr. John. So I appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate all the positivity you're giving the whole world. Keep doing it. And as we say, that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. If you like what you heard today, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to share us. And until next time, be safe and be well. Thanks for listening. Yeah.